Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. Okay, so first off, I totally understand if no one believes this because, well, we're still unsure of what actually happened. But we sat down and came to a consensus on the events and all agree that we witnessed the same thing. Me and three buddies were hiking Thursday and Friday in SBNF, various trails, mostly the known ones and mostly during the day. Friday, we were making our way to Clark's Summit. As we were walking, one by one, we noticed that we were veering off the trail. I asked my friend in front of me why he was going off the trail, and he asked our friend who was in front of him the same thing. The friend in front of us told us, I can hear a woman talking. You guys don't hear that? Well, we didn't hear anything. We tried to convince her to just leave it be because it was already kind of dark and we were close to where we wanted to set up camp on the trail. The friend in front is a female and insisted that what she heard sounded like a female calling for help and that she sounded really close so I think she felt inclined to investigate a possible female in distress while we were totally okay with going about our business. So... I get a bit spooked now because she's absolutely serious and we absolutely could not hear whatever she was hearing. But here is where it gets really weird. We only ventured off the trail about maybe 300 to 400 meters, yet at one point we were completely lost. We don't have any fancy gear or GPS stuff because we've never needed it, but we've been on this trail enough to know that we hadn't gone too far. Yet, we couldn't find the trail in any direction after walking for about 15 to 20 minutes. 
I started to feel weird, kind of dizzy and lightheaded, and when I mentioned this to the other two, they said that they felt weird as well. It was like, I don't know, like something had changed the environment around us, or moved us somehow to another location. I know that sounds weird, but it's the only way that I can describe it. I had no idea which way to go, and now it was completely dark. My female friend said the woman's voice had said, I'm over here, and please help me. She said that it sounded like she was hurt and crying. So, here we are, somehow lost, and after only walking for about 20 minutes off a large trail, because my friend is hearing voices that we can't hear. We decided to stop walking in any direction because the last thing you want to do at night is get even more lost. We had two tents and sleeping bags in our packs so we found a clearing and we set up. We figured that once the sun was out we'd easily find our way back to the trail. But before we could even lay down to rest I noticed a tree near us was moving as if something was climbing it. It was really dark and I wear glasses so I really struggled to see so I called them over to see it because I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. Either that or I thought that it was maybe an animal at first. But it wasn't an animal. It wasn't anything in fact. I could sort of see the outline of what roughly looked like a human shape but it was transparent like completely see-through. The best way that I can describe it is the way heat waves look on the pavement in the summer. You know that sort of wavy or liquid effect? That sort of thing. And they saw it too. My male buddy said, what are you looking at? When he finally spotted it. And they all said the same thing. It was transparent but still visible due to the foliage around it being displaced and moving as it moved. And we just... All stood stone still, whispering theories back and forth as to what we thought that we were seeing. I thought maybe it was some kind of an optical illusion, but they both immediately jumped to aliens, of course. Whatever it was, though, the thing just sat there, perched on a large branch about 50 feet up. In fact, it was almost like it was watching us watching it. The other oddity too is that after staring at this thing for about 10 minutes, we noticed all the normal forest sounds that we had heard prior had stopped, like completely. I mean, the only noise was us talking and the leaves under our feet. The hairs on my neck stood up and I had goosebumps all over when I realized this too, because something just felt truly wrong. After about 10 minutes of us just standing there, I guess... Whatever this thing was, started to climb up the tree even more, until we could no longer see it. We approached the base of the tree slowly and walked around in a circle with our necks craned up, trying to see this thing. It was too dark though, and the trees were just too close for us to see the top. We didn't hear it jump to another tree, so we assumed that it was still up there. We were all too spooked to obviously camp right underneath whatever this was, so... We gathered our stuff and we started walking towards the moon. And I kid you not, after about five minutes of walking, we were instantly back on the trail. I literally dropped my bag and said, what the heck, out loud. We all stood there, confused, looking around trying to confirm what we were seeing. My buddy likes to joke and said that maybe we walked through some like hallucinogenic spores and had imagined the whole thing. 
I highly doubt that, but whatever happened, it seemed kind of, I guess, predatory is the best word for it. Like, it seems like something was luring us or trying to confuse us. My friend still thinks that we were messing with her about not hearing the woman that she claimed to be hearing that whole time. But was it that thing that we saw, imitating a woman? How did we get lost so close to the trail like that? This was easily the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced in the wilderness. But we still don't have a good theory as to what we saw too. It may not have been an alien I guess but whatever it was... It was definitely humanoid and was 100% transparent somehow and able to climb a really large tree with ease without making much noise too. Anyway, I would love to hear any theories about what this may have been because it has all of us completely stumped. Has anyone else seen anything like this in the woods? And if you have, what do you think it was? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When I was a baby, my parents bought an old house in a historical society that used to be a toll house way back in the day. It's approximately 315 years old, but I think that I'm lowballing it. I had never felt completely safe in that house too for the 25 years that I lived there. And when I was a kid... I just thought that it was normal to just always feel like you were being watched and to feel something hanging on your back. I wasn't allowed to go over to people's houses or have anybody over until I got to around middle school. I remember going to a friend's normal modern house when I was 12 and immediately feeling safe and private. I didn't feel eyes burning into me. It was so strange to feel that too and I remember dreading going home. I didn't fully click though that my house was odd until friends came over and they said that my house was creepy. I remember going to the bathroom while they were waiting in my bedroom. My dad was asleep in bed and my mum was in her office working, one floor and several rooms adjacent away. I came back from the bathroom and they had asked me who I was talking to. I said, I wasn't talking at all, I was in the bathroom. And I remember one friend telling me that she heard two women whispering just outside my door. She thought that I was talking to my mum or something. And that moment really chilled me. They were afraid to sleep in my room after that and ended up staying awake all night. 
I remember most nights too when I would go to bed it would feel like a, a man was watching me through my window. I slept on the second floor but it felt like there would be somebody standing on the roof watching me even though I, I know that there was physically no way that anybody could be up there. I begged my mum for years to get curtains but she refused. She refused to put any curtains up in the house and I always felt watched from the roof in the backyard. I eventually put up blankets to feel safe but I still felt eyes burning into me. We had a decently furnished basement though where my brother and I had all our video game stuff and any time that I brought friends down there they would always ask to go back upstairs instead but never said why. I grew to love and hate the basement as it was a respite from my mother but then I would have to deal with the door opening and shutting by itself as well as feeling hands on my ankles from time to time if I tried to nap. I remember one time asking my brother if he ever experienced that and he said that he would often feel a sensation of a hand by his feet but ignored it because it was that or deal with my mother. I'm not going to get into that can of worms but yes we preferred being terrified instead of dealing with our mother. Anyway... It soon became a bit of a running joke not to go into the basement unless you wanted to get grabbed. And it became normal to just feel, well, really uncomfortable down there at all times. Not many things happened to me physically at that house. Almost always it was feelings of being watched or seeing a figure in my peripheral only to turn and nothing be there. There are a few more things of note that I can think of now. and One is that there were regularly footsteps in my parents' bedroom. But unlike everything else that happened in that house, this was actually kind of comforting. In the summer, we would sleep on my parents' floor because it saved on the AC. I would stay up very late on my Game Boy while my parents slept, but frequently, the sound and the feeling of footsteps would go by me on the floor. This was when I was very young, and it was just a normal thing, I suppose, and they made me feel safe, to be honest like whoever was walking around was making sure everything was alright. Even as I got older and would sit in the room directly below, if I heard the footsteps up there while my parents were in the other rooms, I kind of felt at ease and like whoever was up there wanted me to know that they were there. Also, we had quite a large backyard, about an acre of land and it was really pretty, but I would often have terrifying nightmares of it most nights. I would have bad dreams about people dragging me out there or wild animals attacking me while figures watched. I honestly believed people may have died out there. I stayed out of the backyard as much as possible when I lived there and those dreams plagued me for years. The last thing that I can think of off the top of my head was when I was in senior year of high school. My mum and I were really at odds as I was the only child left in the house. She kept asking me to sleep on the floor in the living room. At this point in my life she slept on the couch and my dad slept in the bed because he genuinely snores so loud she couldn't take it. I really didn't want to sleep in there with her. The living room has four large windows, two facing outside and two facing the backyard and I hated it. But... I reluctantly agreed and I remember her leaving the TV on and some animal channel when she fell asleep I think. I was laying there on the floor on my phone when suddenly I felt a full hand, palm and fingers, lay on the back of my head and very quickly shove my head down into the pillow. 
I can assure you as well that the only people home were my mum, myself and my dad. I could hear my dad snoring upstairs and my mum was five feet away on the couch. Obviously, I was utterly terrified and I yelled stop and hid under my pillow in fear. My mum freaked out and had no idea what was going on. I was too afraid to move. She didn't believe me when I told her what happened and I remember going back up to my bedroom and praying to whatever God would listen to keep me safe from whatever had done that. I could still feel the phantom sensation of that hand and I remember basically never going into the living room ever again after that unless it was daytime and somebody else was with me. The older I got though the less safe I felt in that house. I eventually isolated myself to my bedroom when I wasn't at school or work but I couldn't fall asleep until 8 or 9 in the morning and I just felt always watched. I started buying white and black candles from the local pagan stores. They told me that white was to promote positive energy and black was to protect my mind. You can imagine that after 25 years of really weird stuff and feeling unsafe, I was willing to try anything to keep me feeling somewhat sane. And it helped. A lot. But maybe it was just placebo. Who knows? Now, I live in an apartment far away from that house and experience zero paranormal things. I don't feel watched, I don't feel scared, I don't have nightmares, and I finally feel safe. I hate going there to visit my parents, and sometimes I do, and it always brings back so many memories. So I was a security guard for this local company in my area. I was assigned to a water park with another guard who was regularly there keeping watch. He was to train me and show me around and tell me what codes open what doors and stuff like that. But I first noticed how quick he was to enter and leave the property that he never wanted to spend more than like 10 minutes inside the property before he would be eager to leave. Our first night was simple. There was nothing exciting or interesting going on, so our night dragged a bit. After a few hours, I asked him if he'd experienced anything unusual while working here. He told me that he's had some problems with people trying to enter the property without permission, but that's about it. He also told me that he hated working there because of his encounters with these people. He said that they creeped him out because of just how sneaky they were. He didn't really want to tell me much because he was afraid that I would leave the post. That should have been a red flag for me, but I was too excited to let anything like that scare me. A few more hours later and our shift is over, so we check out and go home for the day. The next night, my boss calls me to explain that the security guard, my partner, had resigned. I must admit that I was a little bit upset about that because now I have to work a two-man post all by myself with barely any knowledge on the place. Anyway, fast forward a few weeks, I started to get the hang of things and created my own routine with no issues at all. There were no break-ins, no vandalism, nothing. It's now 2am and I was outside at the front of the property completing my rounds when I heard a door slam from inside. I jumped because of how loud it was and as I started to walk back into the property, I continued to hear doors opening and closing. 
I could feel myself getting nervous because it was my first situation that I've ever had at this place. As I walk inside and started to check the doors and complete around to make sure that there was no one on the property, I get to this corridor where there was a set of stairs that led down to a door that was wide open. I gingerly walk down the stairs to close and lock the door because I was too scared to take a look inside. But as I turned around to head back up the stairs, I noticed a man dressed in all black standing at the top of the stairs. I take a step back and realize that I'm cornered and if he was to try anything, I would have nowhere to run or hide. So I politely ask him if he needed any help and he didn't reply. I then ask him how he got into the property. He still didn't reply. He slowly turned his head and snapped his fingers and then from the left side of the staircase, another man slowly crawled to his side like a dog on all fours. And at that, I turned around and kicked the door open and ran inside and locked myself in a bathroom. I did this as I called my boss and told him what I'd witnessed. They sent an armed security guard to my position to complete a walkthrough to make sure that I was safe. As I got the call that the area was clear, I came out and told them everything from start to finish. I realized that they didn't believe me, so I clocked out and went home for the night. The next morning, I received a call from my boss explaining that they had checked the security footage from the night before and what they told me horrified me. Every hour when I would complete my rounds inside the property, those same two men would follow me through the facility as if they were stalking me, like as if it was a game to them. After that, I asked for a new position because I was too horrified to work at that water park. I now know why my trainer didn't want to work there anymore too. And this actually happened to me. I have more creepy stories like this from when I was working security. So if you want to hear them, I'd be happy to share them. But thanks for listening and it's good to finally get this off my chest. This happened a few years ago when I was just days shy of my 30th birthday. I was returning to the office in the middle of the afternoon after a not so quick trip to the DMV to renew my driver's license. At the time, I worked for a major corporation that was headquartered in downtown. The company has several parking garages, but unless you're a director or above at the company, you have to park several blocks from the headquarters. So... I had just left one of our parking garages about a block and a half away from my office when I heard someone begin walking behind me. Now mind you, this is a major city with a bustling downtown, so obviously nothing out of the ordinary there. I assumed it was just most likely a fellow employee. That is, until I glanced at the ground behind me. This employee was wearing athletic socks tucked into slip-on Adidas sandals, so, definitely not an employee of a Fortune 10 returning to the office or anything. I picked up my pace, and so did he. We had recently had several violent attacks on our employees by homeless people, so my company had stationed dozens of police officers and security guards around our campus as a precaution. I quickly made my way across the crosswalk to the courtyard, where they'd all congregated, hoping to catch their attention as this person behind me closed in on me, but not a single one took notice. They were just completely oblivious. 
so the person behind me followed me into the building. At this point, I'm not too nervous. If his intention was to mug me, he'd have to be really stupid doing so while surrounded by police and security guards in a corporate headquarters building. We have a Starbucks in our lobby that's always packed in mid-afternoon, so knowing that he'd have no opportunity to make a move on me with so many people around, I made my way into the coffee line. I finally mustered the courage to turn around, and when I did, he was gone. There, see? I told myself. Just wanted to make off with my bag, but now he's gone. After 15 minutes of waiting on my coffee, I began making my way back out of the Starbucks. There's this tiny little nook too that's out of eyeshot of the waiting line and as I passed it, I saw a pair of socks tucked into Adidas sandals. And when I walked out, he resumed his pursuit. That was the moment that my blood ran cold as well. He wasn't looking for just any target, he'd chosen me. He was determined to finish the job. About 20 feet ahead of me was our security desk. On either side of the security desk are sets of three security turnstiles, which only open with an employee badge or when opened by a security guard. Once again, I tried desperately to make eye contact with the security guard. She was on another planet though. And I basically sprinted through the turnstile and once I'd made it safely to the other side, I turned around to face my pursuer. He was a kid, no older than 17 or 18. Hispanic with a fade haircut. He had a small tattoo above his left eyebrow, a sleeve of tattoos upon his right arm, black pants and a baggy red t-shirt. Despite everyone around, he stood his ground at the turnstile and then he pushed on the glass gates and pushed again. I shot a look at the security and she was still clueless, but it was the metamorphosis of facial expressions on the kid's face that scared me the most. At first, it was blank. Is he on drugs, I asked myself. But it was quickly replaced by something else. It was fear. He looked genuinely terrified, like he didn't succeed in getting to me. Something bad was going to happen to him for sure. He pushed on the gate once more. His look of terror evolved into a look of sheer determination. I walked behind the wall separating our elevator banks from our security desk and walked to the other set of turnstiles where I noticed an unoccupied security guard. On the other side, the kid mirrored my movements though. Ma'am, I told the guard, this kid just followed me from the parking garage into headquarters into and out of Starbucks and just attempted not once, not twice, but three times to force open the turnstiles and no one noticed. At this point, I was shaking with fear, so she assured me that she'd notify our officers to force him out of the building. When I went upstairs and told a colleague what had happened, she told me that I'd need to file a report with our company's asset protection. I think ex-military, security, police, those types. So, I did. And a few hours later, I got a call from one of the higher-ups in asset protection a former Secret Service member and the guy who provides personal security to our CEO. He insisted on walking me to my car that evening too. The following day, around the same time of the afternoon the kid followed me the day before, I got a text from my new friend in the asset protection, and it was a photo of the kid. It read, is this your guy? And I said, yeah, where is he? 
He said, sitting right outside the entrance of the headquarters, he's 18 years old and has several gang tattoos. He asked, when he followed you, did he say anything? Any catcalling, chirps, anything of the sort? I said, no, he just followed me. He never said a thing. Why? Is that bad? He asked me to call him, so I did. I learned what gang he was based in on the tattoos, and which I won't reveal here for safety reasons. I learned I was clearly targeted and that the fact that he said nothing to me implied that his intent, whatever it was, was clearly very bad. He then asked to have me to put my manager on the phone and told both of us that I needed to stay away from the headquarters for at least a few weeks until they deemed the situation safe again. So, for the next three weeks, I worked out of my stepdad's office. But because we didn't know if the gang kid had targeted me at the DMV or after I had already parked downtown, we also didn't know how much he knew about me. So I was told to stay at my parents' house until it was safe to return. My husband and I had just moved into our new house, by the way. But what gets really interesting is that my stepdad happens to be an intelligence as well. And after he and his colleagues did some digging... It turns out that this particular gang had recently gotten heavily involved in human trafficking of all things. I asked one of my stepdad's colleagues why they targeted me. Weren't younger girls usually a target? Granted, I, I did look quite a bit younger than 30. He then told me that the price for someone my age could be sold for and I felt sick. After three weeks, the kid finally disappeared, but not without some intimidating persuasion. He apparently showed up once more during my absence. We learned that he occasionally rode with his dad to go pick up his little brother at the charter school down the road. His dad would go inside the school for 20 or 30 minutes every day, so they think the kid had someone nearby assigning him tasks or whatever the terminology is. I'm clearly very unfamiliar with that world. But on that day, three weeks before, I was that task. So one day, my stepdad's colleague, also ex-secret service, sat on a bench waiting for him to show up. When the kid's dad went into the school, my stepdad's colleague, who's 6'7", stood up, walked straight up to the passenger window where the kid was sitting, smiled, took out his phone and snapped a photo of the kid's face before walking away. Apparently, the kid lost it, asking, who are you, why did you do that, man, and stuff like this. The kid never came back after that day. It was easily the scariest three weeks of my life, not knowing if this gang member had simply developed a very aggressive crush on me or if his intentions were much, much more sinister. The one good thing that came out of it all, though, is that Asset Protection moved me into the director and above parking garage, which had an underground entrance to our office, which means that I never had to walk those crazy downtown streets alone ever again after that. So I, a 27-year-old female, was home completely alone and sleeping in my bed in the middle of the night last night. I was woken up by the sound of someone trying to push up on my locked bedroom window I couldn't see the window because it was past my footboard on the other side of the bedroom and I was laying down. 
but I knew that unmistakable sound of the window being locked and the jiggling sound that it makes because I've locked myself out plenty of times and have tried to get through that window before. I sat up to get a look and I saw a, a dark silhouette of a person looking in the window. I quickly laid back down for a second, really confused and tired. And when it actually clicked what I had seen, I sat right back up, but they were gone. I tried to get back to sleep, but was spooked for the rest of the night. In the morning, I thought that I might have dreamed it after I called everyone I knew that it possibly could have been, and nobody knew anything. Nobody was at my house. Nobody I knew would just try to get into my bedroom window in the middle of the night anyways, especially when I don't think this person even knocked on the front door before trying to open the window. I went outside to investigate at some point to see if I was just going crazy. I looked at the window and there I saw the handprints of whoever was trying to slide up on the glass. Also, it had rained so I could see muddy shoe prints going to and from my window. I have no idea who they were or what they wanted but I'm so glad that my window was locked that night. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.